P.S. I Love Hoffman is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Iggy Pop! Amen! Let it rain! I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Cody. It's fun to have some fun. Fun, fun. Tommy, that's uh, a cake thing. Whoever she is, I'm going to find her and I'm going to hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish. <laughs> I'm always home. I'm on cool. This is a process of dehumanization. Shut, 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 shut up. Hey, Hoff fans. Welcome to P.S. I Still Love Hoffman. Our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Zimmer Hoffman. I'm still Brian Rodriguez. And I'm still Kyle Reinfried. We're always home. We're always uncool. And we're always ready to talk all things Philip Zimmer Hoffman and beyond. And today, we're re-watching a film, Kyle. Yes, and that is, well, we gave you guys options. Yes. And you chose doubt. No doubt about it. You never doubted our Hoff fans, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> I even forgot what this was up against at this point. Do you remember? Nope. <laughs> no, because once we have a winner, it's like it's like the people who actually run for president, right? They're, for, they're forgotten about <laughs> you it. Just, really. Yeah, you just never <laughs> ever think about them again. Um, no. It, oh, it was talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit of a dog Tommy, fight. Tommy, 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 Tommy. I like that scene in Mr. Talented Mr. Ripley when he's. Obviously, all the Hoffman scenes, but when he he's just in like the recording booth or like the booth listening. Yeah, is that a listening booth? I guess I don't know. Yeah, he's listening to jazz. <laughs> well, no, uh, no, Mr. Ripley today. Our back to school episode is going to be Doubt, which takes place at a school. Yeah, and it's a really light, fun movie. <laughs> uh, well, it is surprisingly yeah. shorter than I thought. Because I don't know, Doubt's such a heavy movie. I figure it's going to be over two hours. It's not. No. So around an hour 45 and we're freeze framed well you can find it on Netflix which is great nice free way to well not free you gotta pay obviously for Netflix but everyone has Netflix or you know someone has Netflix it feels free it feels you free it's not. Uh, but yeah so it's on Netflix and I have it paused at the mirror max like when it's like in full uh, logo over the New York's uh, New York City skyline and I like that when I have it uh, paused Doubt comes over it, so it says Doubt Miramax. A little foreshadowing for Miramax's future. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so we're freeze-framed on full Miramax logo, and uh, shall So at, at the sound of go, you'll press play. Yes. So I'll count it down this time. Three, two, one, go. So, of course, this film based on a play, a very, very successful play. Yes. Never saw it. Did you? No, I don't, uh, you know, I don't ride in those circles of yeah. expensive play watching. I wish I could have. We were in high school when it came out, though. I believe. High school or freshman year of college. Okay. Like, around that uh, time. Because I remember um, a teacher we both had, John Housley. Yes. Was recommending plays for me in the city, and he recommended Doubt, and that was the first time I ever heard of it. Yeah, I had um, never so- heard about it. It ran for over 525 performances. Wow. And of course, John Patrick Shanley. Yes. The playwright. And I and love him because he wrote uh, Moonstruck. Moonstruck. He not only wrote Moonstruck, I wrote down a bunch. He uh, 
also wrote Alive, Congo, We're Back. Wait, time out. Congo and We're Back? Yeah. The, those are two of your favorite films. And and <laughs> a film that will be discussed soon on Hanks for the Memories, Joe vs. Volcano. He directed that. Oh, wow. That was the only film he directed before this movie. And he's the director here? Yes. Wow, that's crazy. Hanks for the Memories, another podcast you could check out on the Cage Club Podcast Network. With, along with our podcast. Mm-hmm. And just a reminder, you found us today, but you could find us wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. And I say this on my show. If you don't say this on your show, you should, but I think you do, Kyle. I started to. Just, you know, tell a friend about P.S. I Love Hoffman. Because we, you know, we want to share the legacy of Philip Zimmer Hoffman. And this is a big legacy movie for him, wouldn't you say? Definitely. I mean, this is, it's just, uh, I'm surprised that this isn't one of his nominations. He wasn't nominated at all? I don't believe so. Am I remembering it wrong? I know he didn't win. I'm just surprised if he wasn't even nominated. Now you're making me doubt myself. Oh, (laughs) God. So this, uh, this child does become the subject. Yes. Of our film here. So this is this is a period piece. Yes. I think it's like the early mid sixties, maybe. Casting by Ellen Chenoweth, do you think related to Kristen? I don't know. Very, very New York setting here. Does it take place where like the Bronx? Oh, he was nominated. He was, okay, okay. Because yeah. I know he was at these Oscars, because these were the Oscars where he wore, yeah. like, that uh, black thing in his the, hair, the wasn't beanie, it? The beanie? I believe so. Hmm. If not, it's when he was filming Doubt. Okay. It was either the year before or the year after. Okay. So, a well-deserved nomination. Yeah, for sure. The Chisholm here. But, you know, a supporting role. He only... Yeah, okay, so, because he won uh, for... Uh, Oh, here we go. go right forward. away. And, of course, we get another collaboration today with Amy Adams. But, you know, maybe two titans of the day here, maybe one of the best collaborations of all, ever, I'd say, is Phil Hoffman with the great Meryl Streep. Oh, wow, that totally just made me remember something. For our Amos Poe episode, one of the... I just, I don't know, crowning achievements in my life. I'm not going to speak for Brian, but I just absolutely loved it. Mine too, mine too. Speaking with Amos Poe, the director of Triple Bogey on a Power Five Hole, Philip Seymour Hoffman's, you know, feature film debut, most likely, because we still haven't pinned down exactly when Schuler was. <laughs> but he gave us uh, a great little anecdote of him running into Philip Seymour Hoffman, and he was up for either, like, kind of like a big production film or a film or you know more intimate film where he would have co-starred with Meryl Streep and it was this one and the next time you saw Amos Poe Amos said to him so what'd you end up doing and he's just like well I'm here in New York aren't I like it's just like off on some big set <laughs> and so. if you recall we'll probably talk about it a little later Amos said that uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman told him that Meryl Streep was eating him alive yes. every day in terms of would just make different acting choices just to test him, which is amazing. To, you know, we see Philip Seymour Hoffman as this great master and have someone toying with him a little bit just to bring out the performance, I suppose. Yeah. Just amazing. And you could see him in his uh, priestly regalia. Yeah. He looks the part. He does. And we got to see Amy Adams in that, like, 
nun bonnet the habit the habit habit. is that yeah (laughs) so philip summer hoffman i think he's amazing because look we love him and he has a very distinct voice very distinct way of acting and reacting but he can still fit into any role put like tom cruise (laughs) as a priest there and aren't you kind of giggling yeah well tom hanks was possibly was really that role. I think that's a different film. John Cusack, oh. your your buddy, and David Hyde Pierce. David Hyde Pierce, <laughs> that's interesting. I guess because he's a theater man. Yeah, no, I love David Hyde Pierce. I just, you know, I I can't. That's see Look at that Dutch angle. Wow! Shout out to Mike Rivera, Dutch angle. A friend of ours who loves the Dutch angle. Yeah. But it's cool because it's like him looking down on them, not down in terms of like condescending way. But just like literally from where he is, and how we're shooting up at him, kind of. Yeah, I yeah maybe maybe it's to say that like he's there. Maybe maybe they maybe this is oh I gotta pay attention. Maybe he's like not in the wrong in this movie. Maybe he didn't commit the crime he's accused of, and then the shots are showing people that are you know in, uh, I don't know, some kind of interior battle with themselves. Huh. And again, we'll talk a little bit later. Um, this is another role he talked about with that uh, Fresh Air with Terry Gross on NPR. Yes. Oh, here we go. The dragon. <laughs> And no, this isn't the Devil Wears Prada. This isn't the reference to her <laughs> being a dragon. She's a dragon in that? I thought well, she's referred to as a dragon. Is she like an animated dragon? Yes. I could see that. <laughs> she's Mushu. Mushu's great, though. Again, not in the new Mulan. Yeah. Oof. Can't do that anymore. I'm sure we talked about this on the episode, but, you know, parents... Our generation's parents have stories if they went to Catholic school about the nuns with the rulers and the nuns, you know, making sure, just like this, as you're seeing, being very, very strict. She just looks so cold and evil in this movie. She looks like if you placed her in 1600. Yes. She'd be the exact same way. Yes, she looks like she should be in the, uh, oh God, the Crucible. Um, Yeah, no, you're Right? right. John Proctor is a witch. She, she would be accusing yet another man of something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, my, my... Doubt. And this is why... This is something we've discussed. This is why this movie, for better or worse, does feel like a play. Yes. Because it starts with a conversation about doubt, and it ends with a conversation about doubt. And it's called Doubt. And that's so theatrical. Yes. You know, for better or worse. Yeah, it just has that very... I mean, as someone that doesn't go see a lot of shows, but it just, you know, a lot of plays, it just has that vibe, though. Like the bookending of things. Yeah. I feel as if a curtain opens and closes while watching this. So yeah, right away we get to see the relationship between father and, uh, oh, I feel bad, didn't write down 
this character's name. We've got... I don't know if he continued acting because I don't see an IMDb. Huh. Hope he wasn't discouraged by the heavy subject matter of this film. Part of the uh, psychological, like, mind, like, trap of this film is you want to believe that they have just, like, an innocent, yes. nice relationship. Well, and, I mean, so what did you say? This this came out around, like, let's say, like, 2005? Oh, I don't know. No, this. I think this is... Wait. Hmm, let me see. We should know that, guys, right? I know the play came out around then. The film, 2008. No, no, I meant the play. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know it was, like, play to film pretty fast. Okay. I'm just trying to think, like... At that time, I mean, there was a lot in the news of... Yeah, the, the child, the Catholic Church sex abuse scandal yes. was certainly um, certainly big news and yeah, unfortunate tragedy. So I'm just trying to get, like, in, you know, my get in my head, like, what, what, what um, the director, you know, what, what exactly mindset he's trying to put us in and the people at the time. Obviously, this would be... A much different film if it came out 10, 15, 20 years prior. Yeah, I'd say so. So I just checked the play came out late 2004. Okay. But 2004 to 2008 from from play, and again, late 2004 to 2008 from play to movie, and you gotta think like when they're sh- shooting it, that's really fast. Yeah, definitely. And I love these shots because you still see these buildings, especially in our area today. Obviously, the people are dressed different, but... Yeah. This was shot up in the Bronx. It was shot in the Bronx, okay. Yeah. I mean, it looks like the Bronx. See, they specifically... Well, I mean, a couple of people. (laughs) And see, we we don't like her. We don't yeah. want to like her. So the I mean, it's great because the audience does not want her to be right, even yeah. though we might know in our hearts that she very well could be. Boy, just put yourself in William London's shoes, and how scary it must be when you hear your name called out by that particular person. Don't make me wait. He's moving fast. Be nice to him. <laughs> Remember how like crappy it felt as a kid when an adult like called you out. Yeah, called you out. So Philip Seymour Hoffman demanded that Amy Adams uh, would at least be given uh, a chance to audition. I believe. He lobbied for Amy Adams. Lobbied, I would say. Yeah. Like, demanded sounds yes. like. You know, lobbied he's for in Amy Adams to be a part of the movie, even threat. No, here we go. Even threatening to leave the project if she wasn't cast. Gotcha. So that falls into... Wow. Yeah. And what are all their other films? 
So they were in Charlie Wilson's Charlie War. Wilson's War, which I feel like is the least known one. Mass, well, because she doesn't have a big big one. Yeah, on it. the master, the this. master. Um, and this, this yeah, this one, right? And uh, no, for a second I thought she was in Synecdoche, but that's not. True. No, I'm just nailing that name these days. <laughs> so you know, you get to see growing a little older, a little wiser. You can tell she's so passionate, Amy Adams, that is, is so passionate about teaching. Yes. You know, like, she's not faking it, she's not mailing it in. And I remember being a kid in school, like, that would help so much when your teacher was passionate. And not that, you know, senior teachers weren't passionate, but you can definitely get that just because she's, you know, young and fresh to the scene. Not quite she's jaded yet. Jaded or Uh-oh. <laughs> like his excuse. Oh, that kid played, um... What's the little brother in Speed Racer with the strudel? What's his name? I don't know. His you're, name, not a, you're not a. Uh, I know. Speed I know. Who you know, but I've seen monkey. it. Yes, I yeah. know who you're talking about. I'm not into the. Uh, what do they call it? Manga. Anime. Yeah, but like I think the manga is like the. Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah, comic yeah. book. There's probably like a lot of people that are into this stuff right now. They're like strudel. Yeah, <laughs> that's not strudel, Kyle. Oof. <laughs> Spritel. Sorry, I had to okay. look it up. <laughs> so I love, like, this drama teacher is so excited. And it sounds great. And she, like, Meryl Shoot's character, what's what did you say her name was? Oh, well, I mean, you know, they call her the dragon, but her uh, character's name is Sister... How do you pronounce this? It's like... Aloysius? It's... Right? Is it something <laughs> yeah, I think like, it's something like that, right? Yeah... Uh, let's see if I can, by looking at how it's spelled, maybe I can do it better. Uh, is that high spell Aloysius? I think so. Okay. Bouvier. <laughs> That's her last name. Gotcha. So, Sister Bouvier, we'll call her. Which is Marge's maiden name on The Simpsons. Oh, really? Fact. Yeah. Just even, the, like, her glasses, because they don't have frames, it's just yeah. the lenses, they're just... I wonder, did she, like, wear contacts that are making her eyes look, like, I feel like Quint right now. I feel like, kind of like Dolls. eyes. <laughs> Uh-oh. It, it's like living under a microscope. Yeah. But she definitely feels like she needs to be that way. Yeah, well, I think she's someone that's also, like, not changing with the times. Even for a nun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was Sister Act 2 called? Like, Back in the Habit. Back in the Habit, yeah. <laughs> now do you get the reference? Yes. <laughs> I just forgot that they are called Habit. I thought, no, but I thought Habits were like... It might just be the... Let's see. <laughs> let's see. Yeah, these are like... I don't know. No, no, no. They're all they're just different, different... Different types of habits. Orders have different habits, yeah. Okay. 
but I don't know if it's just it's just it's, like ooh here we go lots of doubt being thrown around yes a religious habit is a distinctive set of religious clothing worn by members of a religious order So weird. So you know, so she's saying, you know, we don't tell these things. We don't bring it to our. You know, he's our. He's my superior. But like the nuns are like their own. You know, it's that weird relationship that still exists today, where the priests are technically superior to the nuns, um, but especially at that time. Part of the reason why these abuses continued was that very reason. You know. Yeah. You couldn't call out your superiors. Which is look just, look at this shot. Yeah. Now I don't think this is considered a habit. I think it's just like what priest this is priest casual wear. Yeah. Ooh, the all seeing eye. I I imagine again, I never saw the play. I imagine the film gave a John Patrick Shanley a chance to uh, use more visual symbolism than probably the play could. Definitely, I mean, just I was thinking that way before when with the when uh, with the little boy when he was having like the the magnetic like dancer thing. It's just like just tr- appreciating that like from a distance from a stage. Yeah, like getting to show things like that. But definitely, like, or just even the fact of showing these shots like we're we're talking like these you know these angles that he's using and like you know looking down at Philip Seymour Hoffman right then and he's looking up at the all-seeing eye like clearly that's you know every, everything's a choice when you're watching a film yeah so, for sure huh <laughs> <laughs> i just a little bit i this is bad. Actually, oh, and it's it's and it's a tie-in to both Ace Ventura movies. Oh my goodness! Okay, okay. so when we were in high school, we um, saw Hotel Rwanda on a class trip together. Ah, uh, yes. Now I know what you're going to say. And there's a character, the actress in it, that's uh, Don Cheadle's wife, uh, is the same actress from Ace Ventura: When Nature Calls. Yes. And while Hotel Rwanda is obviously a very dramatic film just certain times it just like reminded us of her <laughs> line delivery in Ace Ventura especially when we were 17 years old in high school watching this movie. Oh, I'm sure and it's not her fault. No. And right now at this table is the that woman right there uh is uh uh well, God, one of the older sisters here, yeah. Yes, but is um She's Ray Finkel's Finkel's, thank you. Mother, mother in Ace Ventura. Yeah, and <laughs> we are film scholars here. Yes, and she was, and she was. And I think when we did like this episode, we pointed out that she's in other movies with him too. I think she was Hoffman. Yeah, hmm. I'm gonna look at her career right now. Alice Drummond. Yes, I remember her name now. 
Oh, she's the, yeah, she's the, she oh she's in Tu Wong Fu. She's the librarian in Ghostbusters. Oh, <laughs> yes. she's in she's in uh, what a, what a great career, huh? Yeah, she's in Awakenings. Um, oh, she's in Synecdoche. Okay. Oh, you're right. She is. But I thought she was in at least one more, and for some reason I thought it was that um, the the one with uh, Paul Newman. <laughs> I love how Candy and she's like it's cough drops. She's like Candy by another name. <laughs> Donald Miller, her least favorite student. You see, I mean, I assume John Patrick Shanley's Irish. I think that's fair it's to say. It's a pretty safe bet, yeah. <laughs> but you see a lot of the Irish names. Um, the Bronx was very Irish at, in this era. Yes. And look, you see the, the wind and the leaves, and then we famously get that sermon later from Hoffman about... Uh, you know, what is it? Uh, where he says gossip and oh, like yeah. something in the wind. It might be feathers. I'm not sure. I might be just thinking of Forrest Gump with feathers <laughs> in the wind. Oh, and she's <laughs> in Money for Nothing. Okay, that's random. <laughs> yeah. And Nobody's Fool. Wow. Yes, she is in Nobody's Fool. I, so, I think she might have been, even when we did the awards, like most collaborated. Like, she could be. Yeah. She really could be. So. But they they never like starred together. I don't even know if they have a scene together in anything. Probably uh, probably Schenectady. We were just up by Schenectady. Yes, you and I took a nice little uh, nice little trip into the woods together, upstate, and went to the place beyond the pines or pe- we went past yes past the, past the place beyond the pines oh penmanship my mother is such a, i mean i have terrible handwriting but she was such a stickler about it from her uh catholic school edu- education it was oh really very very important it didn't and it didn't work huh well for herself yes yeah oh she wasn't stickler to you a little bit but how how much could you be if you're not my actual teacher you know I cannot hold a pencil or pen properly at all, but my penmanship is not bad. I mean, penmanship, a lot of it is about taking your time and caring about what you're writing, you know. Some people are better at cursive slash script. I don't think they hardly use that anymore. No one uses that anymore. I, sometimes I like Here to we use go. it. Okay, this is, we need to do a mashup of this and Along Came Holly. <laughs> our, our basketball cho- trilogy. White, cho- white chocolate? <laughs> Make it rain. Make it rain. Rain dance. So he's the principal and I guess the gym teacher? Yeah. Because you got the... Small you school. Got double you know. dipping. Triple dipping. All that. Obviously they're not the most wealthy school, so... Do what you can. <laughs> and you can tell the kids generally like him. Yeah, what's not to like? He's just got, <laughs> he he has such like an uncle vibe. <laughs> like not even in this movie. I'm just saying, Philip Seymour Hoffman, just like, I wish he was my uncle. <laughs> just, yeah, this is weird, right? It is. I mean, but, but, but I maybe also. also oh, go ahead. No, continue. I was just gonna say it's weird, but like I know this was very important to people back in the day. Uh, that's what I was gonna say. Like. Yeah, but he's figuring out the way that he's like. I like to keep my fingernails long, but look long. how clean they are. Like that's creepy especially the way it's shown and how they stop on that one kid yeah again something that like 
that we're getting so much more on screen. Ooh, look how bloody he looks. Yeah, that roast beef is. That's how people used to like it, though. I mean, I guess I still like beef like that. It's just like... And again, this scene's like just showing like how much of a boys' club this is. Oh yeah, and just like yeah, you you won't you wouldn't expect to see your priests and your monsignors and all that, just smoking cigarettes and being loud and drinking. Boys being boys. Yeah, look yeah, at that picture of beer <laughs> and, and the milk. Yeah, and them them having to be solemn and pious. Oh, what were you saying? Oh, with the fingernails thing. Again, I remember that. I, probably my mother told me like how important that was. Uh, yeah, it's just... yeah. It, it's weird, and the, they shoot it weird, and they the fact that they're highlighting it makes us... We have to think that it's weird, you know? Yeah. Were you, um, I, I, I know you, like, attended church. Do we, do you ever an altar boy? No. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't, I, not old enough. I wasn't old enough to remember the last time, like, I went to church for church. I think, yeah. But maybe, maybe you can go back and be an altar boy. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Bucket list. I remember, like, a bunch of kids wanted to be altar boys, and I didn't really have the desire to do it. And I guess for selfish reasons but the main reason was like I didn't really want to wake up earlier on Sunday and waste every single Sunday when I potentially had plans or something yeah even as a kid this is something like so is this this is I mean this is school school this isn't Sunday school no no this is school this is a Catholic school but it's it's just I always thought that like I mean my mom grew up going it was you know there was it was separate boys girls this is a um i think a lot of them were yeah certainly in high school like it was rare to see co-ed high schools because they were horny i'm assuming right? yeah like that's what i would assume my mom was told to not go into pools with excited boys by <laughs> nuns that's how much you know the nuns knew about <laughs> it's so weird to think of no but i guess this is a school because this is not high school Clearly. Yeah, I mean, they're right around... They're in the middle school. Yeah, this is like a middle school. I would put them at, like, seventh graders. So I'm trying to think. I believe my mom did, yeah, go to, like, grammar school, co-ed, and then once it's high school, it's separated. Okay. I don't know if that's the case everywhere. Yeah, I can't... I Actually, I can't say that whether my mom did or not, you know, prior high school. But I know it's a big deal because then they didn't even offer the same classes. She wanted to take a certain science class that they only offered the boys because it wasn't expected that women were going to go on to Crazy. those classes. And so my grandfather fought for her to be in a specific like chemistry class, I think. Hmm. And so then she took it. She had to. She went to the boys' school. Wow. And at that point, the boys didn't have to wear uniforms anymore, but the girls still did. That's so weird. I know. Snoop, snoop, snoop. Better creep. Creep. I mean, she's also probably just bored. (laughs) 
that's how that's how all of this happens. They're just you know bored individuals. If they just had a bit more of a you know personal lives, <laughs> and then she ends up being the one to like raise the alarm here that something might be going on. Yes. Donald. Yes, uh, yeah. And even just showing that shot on the other student, the one in the beginning that Donald was like, you think I'm fat? Yeah. Like, it's very... And then, you know, and we'll go into it a little bit later, but there are a couple of theories about what's going on here yes. that I've read. I'm not going to say any of these theories are like my personal theory, you know, mostly just doing research and parroting. Because I don't, I don't think anyone has a theory like, oh, they're all aliens or something, you know. This is all <laughs> a dream. This is all Donald's dream. Like, I don't think... There's a couple, like, main thoughts here. Yes, and... I mean, I would love to speak with, you know, John Patrick Shanley for many reasons, but that's the thing that he did with all the actors playing, you know, uh, uh, Father, that, that, um, you know, Father Flynn, is that he told only them what the truth was. Yeah, and that comes out on the, also in the, um, the, NPR interview yeah. with Hoffman, which I, we've said it a million times on this podcast, guys, but definitely seek that out because it's probably his best interview. Yeah, it's just great because, I mean, it covers a lot of his career and a lot, you know, a lot yes, of Yes, he used some obscure roles, yeah. Yeah. And on that, he said, yes, he, of course, he does know, or he has a belief. I don't know if he said it was the same as, uh, I don't know if he said it was the same belief as John Patrick Shanley. Or if he, like, went with it or not, I'm not sure. I'm sure he did. I'm curious also if John Patrick Shanley then told the same thing to every actor. That Ooh, that's played, interesting. Right? Yeah. It's a clue. To see how he played. <laughs> but regardless, uh, the um, interview... Oh, oh, man, she's like, oh, no, I'm not telling you that. This guy, right, has been in a bunch of stuff, too, I think. Like, a, for little roles. Oh, I, I don't know that. So, um, yeah, and, and he said, of course... He he had to know if he did it or not, because you're going to act differently. Like, it, you can't just act ambiguously, because that character would know. Would know, yeah. Yeah, because it's going to change the entire way you act. And that could be a clue. And even change the way you act in acting in it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like... Exactly. So fascinating. Like, this is one of these, like... The, the, I, this movie like didn't win Best Picture or anything. It was certainly nominated for stuff, but I think what stands out to me is the acting and the actors going against each other. Ooh, you think that's ecto cooler? The high C. Look at that picture. How green it is. Yeah, I was. I always thought that, but it, it predates <laughs> the ecto cooler. Yeah, so exactly. Like, so it's just a Kool Aid, but you never know if they like renamed that ecto cooler. <laughs>
No, it's definitely a movie I'm I'm happy to revisit because not that we didn't like it when we you know when we watched it and did did the episode, but I think it's a movie that I'm appreciating watching and truly you know dissecting it while watching it. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean, you're just watching. I mean, we haven't gotten to Viola Davis yet, but so far you're just watching three of just like the best actors. Absolutely. And this time we're watching it together and like having to pay attention like this. I'm really noticing. Again, I'm not making really making a comment if I like it or not, but really noticing the camera work, like the spins they use and the angles they use. Yes. Oh, I forgot that aspect of it. That Donald is the first. You know. African American student, yeah, like that that layer to their how they handle it all, absolutely, and it matters, and it, we'll we'll discuss it, I think, more with Viola Davis, um, because that matters in her conversation as well, yeah, and I really can't wait for that moment. See, she's she's not just a, a disciplinarian; like she's smarter than we give her credit for, I think. But the way she says things is first like coded in a layer of old fashionedness. But again, I feel like, and I think it's hinted about later, there's a reason she is the way she is. Mm-hmm. I think if I'm correct, if I'm correct, and I, we'll get to a scene where she implies there's something in her dark in her past as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's alcohol on his breath. I'm, I'm, I'm just now taking all this. There's so many, you know, layers to this accusation and what goes into and it. And one could qualify this film, even though we don't ultimately get satisfied um, in the ending in this kind of way, but one could qualify this film as kind of a mystery film. Definitely, yeah. Men run everything. This is... and uh, So, it was appropriate for the time of all of, you know, obviously everything coming out about the Catholic Church. You know, this... this yeah. Uh, but this definitely is a, um, a film ahead of its time as far as what's come to the forefront right now, I feel like, of just, you know, women empowerment and... And it goes to show you... Women equality. Yeah, and it goes to show you these aren't new issues, you know? No, well, that's the thing, and it might be... So to call it, you know, to say that it's progressive... I I agree with you. I certainly feel that way. It's funny, because you see even things from, like, the 70s and 60s saying the same things. Yeah. A lot of weather imagery in this film. Yeah, there definitely is. The wind and the leaves and the rain. There's snow on the ground at some points. And... <laughs> I imagine, see, like we were talking about a play, I imagine it's like an act break. You know? Yeah. Maybe they don't break in the theater, but change scenery kind of thing. Just bushwhack. What a phone. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's like the internal phone, right? 
Oh, wow. Oh, this is what's his name? Isn't it uh, he died? I ain't got a look at good look at his face. Um, I'll look it up now. Ooh, the wind has changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love this kid. Yeah. Just looking at the IMDb, obviously this was from a while ago. I'm like, who are all these adults in this film? But they're like the kids now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I wasn't sure when I was looking before that I could find Donald, you know. Yeah, Sister Aloysius, okay. I had an Uncle Aloysius. I just never knew how to spell his name. A great uncle. I was gonna say, like, is it Aloysius like the third or something? Cause you were, <laughs> yeah. Just like with the... Is this the first time they've spoken on screen? Yes. Okay. And just with her in the habit, like, Meryl Streep looks so much older than she is. Yeah. You know? No, you're right. She does. He he almost looks... Uh, Hoffman almost looks full of life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, she, well, she's just so pale, and he's got, I mean, you know, like, rosier complexion to him. So that guy's name is Jack O'Connell. He's still alive. Sorry. Okay. Um, he, he's done a bunch of stuff. Like he's he, he's a guy you see in the background a lot. Like yeah, he did three episodes of the marvelous Ms., Mrs. Maisel. Uh, it's a big I, show. I haven't watched it. Like he's like a background actor in the Big Sick. But uh, had he collab? Had he collaborated with? Oh, him? I don't think so. I oh, mean, I'm okay. gonna check now. It's just like he's he's like a bartender here. Oh, he's in God's Pocket. Oh, okay. Okay, so... But, like, you know, like, Inside Lewin Davis, Elevator Attendant. 1969, Men in Black Guard and Men in Black 3. Just a working actor, you know. (laughs) This is great, because this is the three of them. Three amazing actors. Yes. Just playing off each other. Alright, so this... Them going, walking into this started, like, almost, like, a minute ago, so we're at 42 minutes right now, so I'm just curious how long this scene plays out, you know? I just got a message from the Godfather, Joey Lewandowski. Oh. 
I had told him... What, what does he say? <laughs> was he... Uh, I had told him that we were recording Doubt today, and he, and he just wrote me back, Wow, what a weird confluence of events. We are recording Joe versus the Volcano tonight. Of course, directed by John, John Patrick Shanley. There we go. It's John Patrick Shanley Day here at the Cage Club yeah. Podcast Network. On, uh, what is it? August 26th. <laughs> when we're recording. Well, yeah, when we're recording. Says. And as you know, guys, this has come out on September 1st. Happy Labor Day, by the way. Oh, yeah, it is. It's on... It's closer on Labor Day, I'm not sure. <laughs> I think... No, but isn't, like... It's... Uh, let me look at when the days fall. Oh, Labor... No, Labor Day is the 5th. Gotcha. So happy Labor Day week. The start of Labor Day week end, perhaps. So Kyle, that actor I was telling you is in the film Jungle to Jungle, so you'd like that. Oh, so this is their big discussion on what they should put in the play, and they want to add one secular song, and it's blowing Sister Aloysius's mind. And it's just as simple as Frosty the Snowman. But she's playing a mind game as well. Yeah. She's seeing if he favors him at all. Because I think she's seen... <laughs> Take <and> believe. <laughs> I think she's seen this happen before. So it's this weird... There are levels of this conversation happening yes. here. Yeah. Just the fact that she opened up the blinds to let the light in. Yeah. You know? <laughs> See, she she relents. <laughs> I always forget that she hates pens. <laughs> Accent is so great too. Members of the community, then? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what he means, probably. Yeah. Especially, I mean, everything back then was just much more community-driven. Yeah. And then I'm sure in, like, an Irish neighborhood in the Bronx... But then since she's had bad experiences in the past, is that not, you know, is that making her judgment cloudier than it should be in this scenario? It's possible. It's possible. (sighs) 
See, she's bringing it up on purpose. Yeah. Like, she's... I mean, guys, I know listening out there, I'm not trying to explain the movie to you. Like, I know you get it, but... It's just fascinating. <laughs> See, like, like, ooh, she was, she was setting him up. And then he's... Uh. Don't you hate when someone does that? Like, you tell someone, you ask someone for help, and then they're like, essentially say, this person ratted you out. (laughs) Yeah, and clearly this isn't, you know, a meeting about a Christmas pageant anymore. Yeah. She is now sitting down in his chair. It's crazy. <sighs> like all you mm, they're just handling it all wrong how so I mean, if someone is guilty of something, either way, like, you're not gonna, like, get it out of them. So you might as well go up and be like, if you just, if, if you're just trying to get information, because even then, if he admitted it right then, like, it's still, like, his word over theirs. So, p- point being, like, when that happened, she should have been like, oh, you know, Sister Aloysius should have been, you know, said like, oh, Donald was acting weird in Sister, what's uh, her, her name in the film? Ooh, I forgot. <laughs> uh, you know, Donald Amy was Adams. acting weird in class, and we, uh, and he was, you know, y- you, you, you were talking with him before then. <sighs> like, Sorry, just getting yeah. into this. Sister James. I don't like your tone. Uh, so I think just either way, she should have just went to him right away and been like, oh, Donald was acting weird. You had a meeting with him beforehand. Do you know what's up? Like, did you guys talk about it? And just, like, tried to get a, vo- you know, read from him. Then. Yeah. She's almost yeah. treating him like one of her students. Yes, and she is accusing of him. She's like, you know what? That's what it yeah. is. That's... <laughs> It's an accusation. It's the only way she knows how to talk, though. I feel like it. Monsignor Benedict. Ultimately, and again, we'll talk about this, but ultimately he does pull the boys' card club. Yes. Oh, there we go. See, this I would have led with, you know? He came back to my class and there was alcohol in his breath. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> You're not supposed to drink. How you know what alcohol smells like? <laughs> well, she knows the what wine, wine yeah, smells like, exactly. and that's what he says it is. 
So maybe that's she's just calling it that, you know. Do you want to know my hot take on it all? What? Because we get from Viola Davis's character insight that Donald is most likely gay, right? It's that's possible. Like, yeah, I mean, that's one of the theories, if you want to talk about that theory now. Yeah, so my whole thing is, especially because in the beginning, the first like little dialogue with Donald, him with the boy, and just like their kind of conversation. So I think that um, Father Flynn is seeing this. I think Father Flynn might be gay as well. Yeah, and it's something, that's that's the big theory. Yeah, and that they were having a conversation, he's like, you're safe, you know, like, here, take a sip of wine, be, you know, like, calm down about well, it. Well, I still wouldn't have done that. Inappropriate, but there's <laughs> inappro- inappropriate stuff, I mean, you know, like, lesser and worse stuff happens all the time, so. So you're a subscriber to the Father Flynn is gay, the child is gay too theory and he, they were he was trying to say it's okay and like, he can't and you admit can, it you, you can, yeah you know that is again a major theory i don't know that's just I and mean, at least said, right now at least from what i'm snuck. what i'm experiencing on this rewatch so far that's what i think maybe something else will be said again to remind me and make me think otherwise but and he said it was that he snuck into there and drank the altar wine and he didn't want him expelled or not to be an altar boy or yeah, maybe he didn't give him the wine. Maybe he was in there, he was having some wine, and he saw him, and he was just like, you know, then admitted to Father Flynn his feelings. Yeah. Oof. Now there's Kyle. Kyle is not <laughs> pleased with how this was handled. I don't know. So I, that I, was an 11-minute scene. Wow. So I tend to agree that he... Maybe, right, didn't I say 42 minutes? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I tend to agree that maybe he didn't do it, only, and we could be crazy, but we've seen so many Hoffman films, and I feel like he's not playing it like someone who knows they did it, you know? Just he even, does seem yeah. like he has a secret to hide. Yes. So, look, we could completely be wrong. We'll never know, let's be honest. Yeah, I'm just, I'm believing this theory in... Because I believe in his acting, but we—he could be that grave that, an yeah. actor. Uh huh. But I don't think. But would he be playing Father Flynn as that grave an actor? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it's making this movie very, very interesting. Oh, wait, this is her office. So when I said before, she's sitting in his seat. She's just sitting where. He was sitting at first, but it's technically hers. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you just don't... Yeah. (laughs) Hey, ballpoint pens, sweet tooth, and snowman. What was it it with Bert? Bottle caps, pigeons, and paper clips? (laughs) Yeah, those are all things Bert liked on Sesame Street. The Bronx in the 60s had a very Sesame Street vibe. Yeah. I guess she treats everyone, everyone like a child. More like a dog. <laughs> She's just a 
Yeah, I mean, because we have the volume like lower, not fully getting to appreciate her accent, but you're right, it is just. Yeah, no, I remember it, and you could tell even by the like reading her lips too. You blew out my light. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't care. Bouvier, sorry, not Bouvier, Bouvier. Oh no. Uh, the rain. And then you can see they've he's been replaced as an altar boy. Yeah. But that kid smirked when like right then. The one from the beginning when Donald's like, you think I'm fat? Like, they just had a shot on him, and he smirked a little bit. Right now? Yeah. I don't know if it means anything. I don't know either, but, like, it's clearly, again, that shot's a choice. I mean, I know it's to show, first and foremost, that Donald's not sitting up there, but... Hmm. Just specifically that it was on both of them, and that kid was closer to us, and and he smirked a little bit. It just, uh... And this is our big gossip uh, monologue. Yeah. When we did this episode, so many people reacted positively to this uh, little monologue here, like mm. his homily here, which I found interesting, because I always watched it as him, like, using it to dispel the rumors against him, you know? Mm-hmm. But so many people, like, uh, on our Facebook and stuff, were like, oh, I love that scene, because it's so true about gossip. You know, once it's out, you can't let it back in, essentially. So, I found that interesting. So, either way, he makes a convincing argument, then. The leaves have been blown. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, accents. Yeah. We've, we've done, I mean, he's not a character with an accent in this movie, but we've... Uh, I think before you're like... Well, I mean, yeah, everyone has an accent. Okay. So. You know. <laughs> he's not, yeah, in particular, he's not different than his regular accent. So this falls know. into, right now, he's doing Irish, so we've got Mahoney, Gunter Bachman. <laughs> Gunter Bachman. I'm sure there's others we could, like, even Sandy Lyle talks differently. Sure. Oh, the feathers, yeah, the feathers. Yeah. And then we actually see the scene, which... I wonder if they incorporated this at all in the play. Because, obviously, look, it's not not this. I yeah. doubt we saw the woman. Yeah. But it's so easy to just throw feathers onto a, you know, a stage. Hard to clean up, though, for the next Oh, time. I'm sure. And isn't that ironic? And that's what this whole thing is about, how it's hard to clean up. Yeah. So as a stagehand, I would not want that to be. <laughs> <laughs> so in today's environment, right... Something like this could be used to, like, deflect allegations against somebody. Yeah. You know? And that's why I kind of saw it as a little bit of a negative moment for him. But a lot of people 
really buy into this. Father Flynn would not stand a chance with social media these days. No. <laughs> I'm glad that the subtitle told us that a bird was squawking. That was important information. Grackles were up here as well. They're just such a mentioned bird in like Texas that I didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I don't know. I don't know about the grackle. I could look it up for you. <laughs> it's okay. This, oh, okay. I mean, I I've seen it again on the on the outside of bars and stuff, but this is a grackle. Yeah. We went to a bar in Texas called Crackle. Oh, did we? Yeah. <laughs> and see, part of it feels like he's using his charm on her to deflect. You know, one hundred percent. Like he, you know, he is. Whether he did all, it or not, he's using his charm. By all means, he is a very like he's like a charming mm. and well-spoken guy that has a certain confidence to himself. Yeah, you feel like there. I mean, I'm sure it's true, but you feel like there's some kind of politics. Ooh, he's now he's on an angle, right? Like there's some kind of politics to be coming even to get into this level of a priest. So, and you know, he knows how to play it. So, it does so doubt even in my mind. So now he's flat out denying it. Mm. I think we said this even on our previous episode, the non-rewatch, but Amy Adams is the closest thing to the viewer that we get. Sure, yeah. Like, she's going through the journey along with us. You know, this is almost... I know it's not a real story, but it's almost like true crime elements here. Does he say why he's in trouble? I don't think, I don't think yet. Hmm. Yeah, I think if anything, like, I mean, still just the way, I mean, maybe he's just being very, I'm totally believing and eating out of his hand. (laughs) I think Father Flynn was quite possibly like a kid that was like bullied when he was younger. He was trying to do his best right now, but. But all these things that you're saying, and I'm not denying them, I want to believe them, but like, they don't disqualify him from potentially committing a rape here. No, not at all. 
He's so blonde in this film. He's very, yeah. Father Flynn. <laughs> oh, that felt creepy. Yeah, see? But it could go with your, the theory you subscribe to as well. Yeah, but just, yeah. Do you have doubt? <laughs> yes. <laughs> But when he's also, you know, love, like it could be saying of how he would be told that he should not love who he loves, which is, you know, maybe people of the same sex. Yeah. <laughs> not trying to pull any stereotypes right now, but. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but and then like the look on his face was like did I convince her uh-huh. yes I did Typically, we uh, save these kind of things for our mid-month, but there was a good article the, I mean, in Newsweek the other day, like a week ago or so, and it said, it's, it's Amy Adams' birthday, so happy birthday, Amy Adams. Oh, yeah, happy belated. <laughs> Could someone give her an Oscar already? And it's true, she does not have an Oscar, and she's been nominated so many times. Six times, to be exact. Not as many as Meryl, but Meryl also has quite a few wins. Yeah. So... I'd definitely like to see Amy Adams win an Oscar. Sure. She's 45. So, she has, Not that that yeah. matters, but... Just happy 45th birthday, that's all I want to say. <laughs> it's always tough because, I mean... And this, we don't have to do this right now, but as far as... Um, you know, who she went up against, who you know the other nominees were. Absolutely. Now... For women, she's the second biggest loser. And I say loser, I don't, you know what I mean. Oh, no. Oh. But I also mean without, um, without wins. Glenn Close has seven nominations without a win. Oh, oh. Uh. See, he's comforting, but then that even swings me the other way and makes me think, like, if he really knew he did it, he would just be avoiding him. Well, that was the whole thing. At first, I think you, you might have been... But Donald was in the hallway, and they smiled at one another, and then he walked away, and Donald was upset, and people started bumping into him. But then Father Flynn comes back. So it's like he was avoiding him, Fair. but then he just... Yeah, I, yeah. Uh-oh. Dragon Jr. Singling him out. Uh oh. 
And by the way, so the, this article has a list here of the, who Amy Adams lost to, and there are some firm arguments that she should have won, but we'll get to it if after you. I know you want to focus on this. No, you're more than welcome to. Oh, he was kind of helping his friend. Too. Oh, there's so many different like things. That... Yeah, and this is putting her, her in a bad mood, and she's sending kids to the principal's office. All right, so quickly. She was nominated for a film called Junebug. She lost to Rachel Weisz in The Constant Gardener. Okay. Um, for Doubt, she lost to Penelope Cruz and Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Oh, yeah, she should have won. Um, let's take a little pause. Oh, wait, this. Vicky Cristina Barcelona. I, I like that movie, that. and I like Penelope Cruz, but it's debatable. Yeah. yeah. This is, like, more powerful than that. But speaking of nominees here, we'll take a little time out on our Amy Adams conversation, too. For, yes. This is our introduction, and um, I think one of only two scenes, no? Yeah, this is really her only full, like, full scene. Okay, so this is her only full scene with uh, Viola Davis, who was nominated for an Academy Award here. Yeah. Didn't win, but she was a favorite, and a lot of people were like, but she wasn't in the movie a lot. I forgot how many minutes she's in the movie for. Yeah. It's not a lot. No, it's not a lot. And when this movie came out, I thought the same thing. But I remember on our original watch of this, I was like, no, she's just so good in her little moment that I get it. She only appears in two scenes. Yeah, because there's this one and there's one where she's out. Yeah, and in the second she appears only for about ten seconds and doesn't speak. So this is our only... Speaking part. Yeah, I think then they move out onto like a bench or something, right? Like she leaves and it continues. So she, you can tell she's so here. She's here because she's so afraid he's going to get kicked out of school. And when she says he's doing like all right and passing um, on his grades, she seems a little relieved. Like at the beginning, like look at her face. Like she seems a little relieved. Definitely. She's nervous because you're only kicked out of school. See, and he's abused at home, which she says here. So yes. that could just be what's troubling him. This is, again, just great acting. Yeah. It was very when um, Viola Davis won for Fences. Oh, okay. They kept because then I think Meryl Streep also then made so she won in a supporting role in two thousand. Ooh, this is seventeen. And he sees Donald's mom in there. Often. Yeah.
Yikes. Yeah, so then they, uh... I guess this is kind of the same scene to them, then? When she's walking with her outside? Yeah, I guess okay. so. That's where it gets more powerful. Okay, so just to return to this quickly. So, she was nominated for The Fighter, but lost to Melissa Leo in The Fighter. She probably could have won that one. Yeah. The Master, she lost to Anne Hathaway for Les Miserables. The Master, she won. Oh, yeah. I think she could have won that one, too. I think so, too. Well, The Master was just a pretty... I mean, I know people were nominated, but it was divisive. Now, American Hustle, she lost to Kate Blanchett who, for Blue Jasmine, which she was like a big favorite, and she just lost to Regina King in Vice. I mean, she was in Vice. Regina King was in If Beale Street Could Talk, which I still haven't seen yet. So I, don't know. I, haven't, yeah, I haven't seen that either. Uh... Yeah, okay, eighth grade. Okay. Ugh, and there's so many stakes, like, you kind of want to look at, look past it just so he graduates and gets it through. Oh. (laughs) And she challenges the nun. But yeah, when Viola Davis won, there was a lot of... They were cutting back and forth between her and Meryl Streep. They just, I think, are very close friends. Oh, are they? I mean, after a scene like this. Maybe, yeah, maybe they became friends from this film, or... And it's amazing that she gets she gets mad that there's like you know she doesn't want to believe it, yeah, so she doesn't press it So then that makes me think of, yeah, that he's having, like, stuff at home, but at home he's acting the same because he just acts the same. Or is she just saying that because she just wants him to graduate because she knows it's for his better. Heavy. We picked a heavy... We. The Hoffman. Yeah, you guys. heavy film. Thanks, guys. (laughs) No, but we're enjoying it. This is, like, a interesting... Again, not enjoying it in the sense, yay, a kid might have been raped. Not like that, you know. No, definitely not. It's more like it's a great performance. It's a great piece of art. But it makes you think. Good point. Yeah. 
Because she's used to talking to children and people who respect her and respond to her. Yeah, and, and she is not going to have it. No. She is, like, it was almost, remember she said, uh, that's the only thing I care about, and, and Narl Sheep was like, I highly doubt that. And she said, try me. Yeah. She tried her, and she's proving it, like, that the only thing she cares about, for better or worse, is that her son gets a good education. Intense. So intense. Yep. I wish we, like, at the beginning started counting. Oh, wait, this is where we get the big reveal. Well, kind of. Did you ever flat out say it? Um, oh. I think uh, it's heavily implied, right? Yeah, I mean, well, and they don't say, they never say the word pedophile, but it's, you know. No, exactly. This movie is a lot about implications. Yeah. Ugh. Ask why he's good to my son. Where do you go from here from either side, do you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I think she pretty much wants her to be like, yeah, Father Flynn's doing something inappropriate. Get him fired. Like, her to be like, you know. Whatever it is, just as long as her son graduates. Ugh.
And how long was that scene? Jeez. Like, if you count the two scenes together. Yeah. Still, I mean, not a crazy amount, but... Pretty long. The wind. The wind and the feathers and... Again, I really wonder if the play did stuff like this. Maybe at least with noise? Maybe. I think we're about to get our big scene between the two of them, right? We're just moving from, like, heavy hitter scenes to heavy hitter scenes to heavy hitter scenes. The angle, Brian. Look at that angle. These The angles in this film. And it's on the move. You think he was waiting there the entire time? Probably. It wasn't that long, I guess. Well, oh, is there another entrance to her office? No, but like waiting in the area, waiting Uh, for her to return. Yeah. Not like stalking her. Look how his body's almost like shaking. Yeah. Oh. No, you're a nun. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> oh, this film is just so relevant. I know, yeah. <laughs> I know people. Oh God. God. Uh. That's the whole problem. There's people that that might even be right, but they just have just the whole like you know like nope. I've made my mind already. <laughs> no. Yeah. Stubborn people, and even. People who are just, if they were honest, it would be better. And the cover-up sometimes is worse than the crime. Whatever the crime may be. It might. (laughs) 
Oh. Yep, and that falls, and that makes me fall into the category that he's offended of accusations and that stuff because of. But what would William London have to do with it? Like another one of his potential victims, in her mind? Yeah, I guess. Uh. Uh. You nuns do worse than Grabris. <laughs> You are you are so in the Hoffman camp. You are well, I'm so... just anti-organized religion too. So <laughs> they're both in the organized religion. What? They're both in the organized religion. He wants to be at least progressive. <laughs> they're so great because they went to such a high level in terms of like energy and anger. Yeah. And they were able to bring it down again. And she's completely making this up yeah. at this point. Makes me feel more than <laughs> you're swinging back and forth. Yep. <laughs> but it makes me think, yeah, he did something wrong, but it wasn't that because the way he's almost saying it is like, like he like he doesn't want something to be revealed. Yeah. But he's like, ask, ask. Ooh. But the you answer to us. Yeah, it doesn't really swing with today's. Oof. Whoa. I love this a mortal sin should have paid attention to how long the scene was what are the mortal sins we looked him up uh, <laughs> last time and we were trying to guess what it might be we found out like she was pre- I think we assumed she was previously married or it was set at some point We are the same. A 
dog that bites is the dog that bites. Exhausting to watch in a good way, you know? I think I said this on the original episode, but she, like, knitted all her own shawls. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. It's like... Oof. Let's step back in. Um, after this scene, I do, I don't want to forget to talk about that priest that he, uh, consulted with. Mm -hmm. That definitely, um, something that needs to be, I don't know, chit-chatted about. Which, uh, again, just... And she guesses right. Ugh. See, again, being gay at the time was a mortal sin. Yeah. So that's why that is a theory with some people. <laughs> and he looks completely heartbroken, too. Yeah. Which, yep, which again, just like, that makes me believe in him. It does. Like, it just, like, it's just crazy how back and forth you can go, you know? But then the whole part of, like, where he relents and he's basically like, your fate, my fate is in your hands to her, essentially. What do you want me to do about this? And she's like, transfer. She had to come back and say that. And it sucks because if he didn't do it, it really sucks. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Because, you know, he has to leave a place he's really comfortable. Clearly he wasn't comfortable in these other places. For 
if well, he did something or not, you know. Yeah. So at the time of filming this, um, he had great chemistry with all these people. Um, he'd known John Patrick Shanley for 10 years. Oh. He'd known Meryl Streep for nine years. As we said, he had acted with Amy Adams before. And he'd known Viola Davis since he was in his 20s. Wow. So this was a very uh, comfortable process Cl- for yeah, him. Yeah, close-knit group. And they auditioned for about three months. And, no, sorry, auditioned, uh, rehearsed. Rehearsed. For about three months. Very Again, very play-like. Exactly. Very tight in that way. And, and you could tell. That intrigues me because I wonder how many takes then, you know, like... That they that they would do for a scene because in a play atmosphere, obviously then there's multiple shows, but you know you you practice for so long because you want every night to be as perfect as it can be. Yeah, um, some of these scenes are so long though that they almost had to rehearse because they would take two or three days just to film one scene um, like that, and it seems weird because it's in one setting, but you know how the movie business is. Mm-hmm. Now, this is when he resigns, right? Or he says he's moving on. I wish I knew, because each color signifies a different time of the year. Yeah, I think purple is during Lent. Uh, Yeah, I'm not 100% sure, but we could probably see how long this is taking place over. You could see a Donald's upset. Yeah. He doesn't look, like, relieved, but, you know... We don't know what he's going through. Uh, yeah, he's a kid. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. I doubt it's like, oh, this guy hurt me and I want him to go to jail and now he's getting away with it. Like, even though... Yeah. Like, that seems like a very adult emotion. It seems like an adult emotion and then, I mean, but it could, I mean, also be that there was a... An inappropriate bond, and so he's sad because of that, and some, you know. Or he just doesn't know how to process that bond because there might be both things that exist, yeah. you know. Or, you know, there's another thing that could have happened as well that maybe he did intend on doing something to Donald, and he just never did it yet. Exactly. So. There's that. I was just, th- I was just thinking that that there's like inappropriate, oh, but he's smiling. He's he's smiling. Yeah. But he could be just smiling that he gets a chance to say goodbye. We don't know, you know. It's so weird. Um, so, so, Kyle, I wrote it up before. Do you have the name of that priest that he did research with? Oh, um, you know what? I had it before. Well, I, I know he, like, did his research with this one um, priest, and his quote about him, because I, I had the quote written down. It's um, Father James Martin. Gotcha, Father James Martin, who's like a big-time priest. I remember when we originally um, were doing the series, we had reached out to him to see if maybe we can get him on, but it was a long shot, and we knew that it was a long shot. Yeah. And someone from his office actually like apologized that he had a very busy schedule, but I thought it was nice to get a response. Definitely. Um, and, and Hoffman said in an interview once that... Well, so definitely not Lent, by the way, because it's Christmas time. Okay. The color purple. So then it's like Advent before Christmas. Maybe. Um, he, he said that the priest told him what was happening in the church in the 60s, and that he was very informative and helpful. 
and he just kind of told him um, what the business was like of being a priest. And he's clearly downplaying when he says that, because this priest and him ended up being very, very good friends, to the point where he gave his, like, uh, final, like, sermon after he died. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, presided at Hoffman's funeral mass and delivered the the homily. Uh, Which is, again, this movie's all about homilies, almost. And, you know, what a bond. I would love to, again, interview this this, uh, priest one day. Oh, he also, I'm reading, um, came on, so he already had a relationship with him because he came on to consult in the, uh, for the Labyrinth Theater Company's production, The Last Days of Judas uh, Iscariot. Iscariot. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. And that was back in 2003. And as you said, this movie's 2008. Seems like a very fast process, though, between 2003 to the movie getting made in 2008, which is great. You know, in terms of, like, no, I'm saying that... No, 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 it being a play and yeah. him meeting this person. like. Oh, no, 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 but he met him in 2003 for the last days of June. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. I'm saying, like, the fact that all this is coming together, like, the play's coming together in one place, he's meeting this priest, he gets this role eventually, and we get a film with an amazing performance by 2008. Yeah, okay. Yeah. If you think about it, besides, I guess, for Amy Adams, the, he knows the priest the least of all these other actors, theoretically. Maybe we're not supposed to sleep well. Mm. She seems like someone who is haunted. Meryl Yeah, Duke. definitely. Again, because she has committed a, a mortal sin. Yes, yeah, Sister Aloysius, I mean, not literally. No, not Streep. literally. I mean, Meryl <laughs> Streep, you're on watch. You're, you're, maybe yeah. See, um, and she's upset because he was, and this happened a lot in the Catholic Church most of the time. When they wanted to get rid of a mistake, they would transfer them to a different parish or whatever. And this is technically a promotion. Yeah. And as we saw, he's friends with all his bosses. And she went away to visit her brother? Yes. Or she's about to go yeah, away? Yeah, because... Or... Oh, I don't remember the specifics. Either this makes her decide to go. And it's kind of obvious that she went away to... Like, yes, to see her brother, but also to get away from this. Yeah. Yeah, she lied. Oh, so that's... A, yeah. So proud of herself. Uh. <laughs> She's just looking at her like, oh, you innocent.
So, um, Father Martin had to say about Philip Singer Hoffman, he was a lovely person, very down-to-earth. I learned about humility from him. He never mm. put on airs. Whenever he talked about being in a movie, he would just say, yeah, I got this job. He would never say, I'm the lead, or I'm starring in Capote. Then, so it sounds like they continued, you know, their Yeah, no, that's, that's what I read, yeah. Uh, then... Then I'd read about it in the papers and learn what it was. He was really fun to be with. He was so intent on getting everything right. I remember... Oh, oh. oh yeah. This is the weird oh, ending. yeah. That we thought. Sorry, continue. No, 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 no. This is... I mean, I'm taking away from a great, great performance. I can just hear that being said on a stage. And this is what we discussed. For better or worse, this made the movie feel more theatrical than... This is why they had to get the heavy hitters that they did. Fair. Know? Very fair. And the fact that, yeah, like, curtains closing, that's what... They're panning out here, but it, for us, it would... On stage, again, neither of us yeah. saw it. This is definitely, like, the curtains closing moment. Maybe they lingered on it a little bit. I don't know. With the music and... Did you want to finish that quote? Uh, yes. I, I remember he asked if a priest would have a three-by-five cards during a homily. Small details. He listened to what I had to say, but also knew his craft. When you watch him act, you got a sense of what the word vocation really means. Oh, that's interesting. You know, like you said, it seems like they did definitely continue their, their friendship. So um, I know you were reading that. Oh, you're, uh, it, the quote continues? And then um, and then the last thing saying, he was born to do this. Awesome. So just, yeah, that vo- line about vocation. I mean, we always say just his voice alone. Absolutely. But then to his mannerisms and expressions, I mean, it's just all the best. So there's one thing I wanted to read. I don't know if you caught it. While you were reading that, it said that this was dedicated to a particular sister. Oh. Um, I don't know if you caught that in trivia. I'm trying to find out who it was. No, I didn't. Uh, as well. Happened to catch that. I wonder if it's a sister that had a, a you know something to do with John Patrick Shanley. Maybe. Maybe this is like secretly a true story too. Maybe. Yeah. Uh. Da-da-da. Okay, so the church outside is shot at a church in Greenwich Village, which I've passed, St. Luke's of the Field on Hudson Street. It's got a very distinctive courtyard, and I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Hmm. Um, oh, the film is dedicated to Sister Margaret McIntyre. Mac and T, sorry. Sister Margaret McIntyre. A sister of charity who was Shanley's first grade teacher, who served as a technical advisor to the movie, and after whom Shanley modeled the character of Sister James after. Oh, okay. I just learned that um, Father Martin has a book called A Jesuit Off-Broadway, Behind the Scenes with Faith, Doubt, Forgiveness, and More. And it involves a lot of stuff about, like he has quotes of Mm. of that Philip Seymour Hoffman saying that, you know, he was... uh, uh, my parents were pretty liberal people who didn't talk about God much in the house. Martin quotes Hoffman as saying, uh, those masses really turned me off. Lots of uh, rote repetition. 
pretty boring and sometimes really brutal. Wow. Now that's yeah, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, very very interesting relationship between the two. It seems like. Yeah, that's for sure. Maybe we should do book club. And, yeah, <laughs> and we'll, we'll have to read it and see. Uh, so I'm reading a little bit more about that sister inspired him, and again, it was like sister sister James, and I mean that's good. I was hoping the sister that inspired him. I, mean, I was hoping it wasn't like Sister Aloysius. Yeah. You know? <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, she's definitely, for better or worse, a little bit of a hero in this. I mean, she pointed out, kind of a reluctant hero, because she pointed out the potential, the potential, uh, you know, malfeasance in this film. Uh, something I want to mention before we uh, discuss what the vote will be on for next month. It's This is one of those films where the main character kind of changes, right? Yeah. We're, like, going through the eyes of Amy Adams, and then it completely drops her when she goes away. And we're kind of just following um, Sister Aloysius, for better or worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head, too. You needed heavy hitters for this film. Yeah, just the for... I mean, the subject matter, the just the, the, the story, and how, obviously, it's normally told on stage. You needed those, you needed those actors. Absolutely. So, any uh, any other words on doubt that come to your mind? Or? No, it's uh, I um, while I would have thoroughly enjoyed, and maybe we will eventually cover the talented Mr. Ripley. This was very uh, enjoyable to revisit, and uh, Amen, as they, they're saying on screen. <laughs> no, I, I definitely agree. So, Kyle, what will our Hoff fans vote for? For our wow, I can't believe I'm saying this. October first episode. Uh, they will be voting well as as usual they will have two options the first being my boyfriend's back a very early film and not a lot of philip schumer hoffman but we're kind of going for a little october halloween spooky vibe with these films yeah i mean interesting death in that film interesting death a zombie movie uh and then high school film a high school film yes and the other choice will be Red Dragon, the prequel to Silence of the Lambs, and although you know, but uh, filmed after Silence of the Lambs, filmed after Hannibal. Yeah, so uh, two interesting choices, a little different <laughs> from each other, that's for sure. Different from each other, but they have the connective tissue that we were just like, let's go a little spooky, uh, spooky for Halloween. Little, yeah, <laughs> a couple things that we want to promote. We mentioned uh, Hanks for the Memories, the other pod, another podcast on the Cage Club podcast network. That's the Tom Hanks podcast, and part of the Tom Tom Club. Yes, part of the Tom Tom Club. And r- probably right before this episode airs, or close to it, um, they'll be doing Joe versus the Volcano, as we yes. mentioned, directed by John Patrick Shanley. But the previous episode of Hanks for the Memories, right before. That one was one that we both were on, Kyle. Yes, Turner and Hooch. Yes, dog movie. Again, very different from Doubt. But sad ending. We're recording this on International Dog Day. Yes, that's true. And Turner and Hooch, you know? Great dog movie, I think. Definitely check that out. And of course, besides for all the great content you can get on P.S. I Love Hoffman, which is, you know, every movie, I'd say, (laughs) (laughs) of the Hoffman canon... You and I both have our, our individual shows. 
yeah, foodie films going strong. Definitely talking with a lot of talking a lot of great movies, talking with a lot of great people that work in the food industry. So please check that out. There's always more to cut, you know. And as they say on many other podcasts, just subscribe, like, follow, comment, all that good stuff mean, means a lot when you do so. For this podcast on foodie films and on my show, my other podcast, High School Slumber Party, where I break down high school films, films that take place in high school, not films that you watched in high school, which yeah. people keep making that confusion. Which, yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's a very selfish thought. Like, oh, you're making, I guess, I mean, if most conversations are being held with people around our age. I guess, but it's everyone who does it. Like, oh, I watched that in high school. I'm like, okay. Like, yeah. you know? <laughs> No, but uh, both those shows are on cageclub.me. And just a reminder, you can vote for what film will be the next film on P.S. I Still Love Hoffman, or P.S. I Love Hoffman, by going on our Twitter, by going on our Facebook, and by commenting on the exact post for it on Instagram. Yes. And once again, it's My Boyfriend's Back versus... I must say Joe versus The Volcano. <laughs> my Boyfriend's Back... Versus Red Dragon. Red Dragon. So, Kyle, if there's nothing else we have to talk about for the Hoffman this week? Well, t- you guys just stay on cool. I believe in miracles. Where you from? You sexy thing, sexy thing, you. I believe in miracles. Since you came along, you sexy thing.